And that's one of the oldest quotes in real estate, right? Like you make money when you buy, when you buy an asset and that doesn't change. And especially now that we're getting into an uncertain territory when it comes to like economy and so on and so forth, going back to the fundamentals is the most important thing that I keep telling people all the time. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Vintory. Let's get real for a second about growing property inventory. It can be really challenging, complicated, and sometimes even expensive, right? Well, now we have a tool to help make this the least stressful and most profitable process possible. That's right. Growing your rental management company can be accomplished faster with the support of Vintory. We're talking a total property portfolio overhaul in just a matter of months. That's because Vintory is the first and only sales and marketing platform of its kind. Think about how you want your property portfolio to grow and what your main business goals are, and then experience for yourself how Vintory can help propel you there. Sign up now at Vintory.com slash STR and get a copy of Brooke's best-selling book from zero to 500 properties in five years absolutely free. Plus, you get a $50 Amazon gift card when you book a full demo today. Don't wait. Go to Vintory.com slash STR. Thanks for listening. And now it's time to get into the podcast. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, B? My brother, so good to see you. I am dealing with the window project at the Villas right now, so it's been an interesting week. Again, How many guys, windows is that? Do you know offhand? 160 regular windows Ooh. and then 80 sliders. So it's it's an What's the average cost per window and slider out of curiosity, just because I was looking at that on a deal down here. So I paid for the entire project, it's five hundred and eighty thousand. Five eighty by what was it, one hundred and sixty or something? So one hundred and sixty windows plus eighty. So it's technically I think that that per building they're about like fifty-eight thousand dollars per building. So and there's four units per building. There's four units per building. Yeah. So each okay. building has 16 windows and then has eight so it's around like 14 grand ish yeah something like that yeah quite a bit and what's what's very interesting it's it's having to kind of time it because obviously like the units that have guests we have certain expectations for them versus the units that are currently empty yeah and so setting expectations to the guests again like i think it's super important when you know that you're going to have an issue to address it early on so all of our listings have had the description in there that from this time to this time, there's a chance that we're going to be going through renovations. Just book, be aware if you're going to book ahead of time, right? People are still going to be upset, right? But it's, it's the over-communicating. So like we set a schedule, we text the schedule earlier, like, hey, we won't be here when the schedule is. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Just for you guys to know. Because just in case something happens, we're delayed or anything happens, people know. And then I requested for the, for the window company to give me an update every day so that before Tin lives for the day. We have the mass text to the specific building. So the next building can be notified before the day is over. And just over, over communicating when you're doing a big project or when you're doing any kind of renovation. Obviously, like hopefully you're not doing off the bat this number of units all at the same time. But whatever your renovation is, whatever projects you're doing, or even if you're just kind of going through fixing an issue, 
just over communicate, over communicate. Hey, the guy is coming. Hey, the guy's on his way. Hey, the guy is five minutes away because no guest is going to not appreciate that. And they're going to be really pissed if you don't tell them. And I think people get nervous to say that because they're like, yeah, but then I might not get booked or they might want to cancel. It's honestly better to over communicate. And even if they decide to cancel, like you'll probably fill it anyway. But if you don't tell them and they show up and there's construction noise all over the place, they're going to be pissed. Yeah. And and if you're booking through an OTA, especially Airbnb, you're going to open up yourself to just a bad review, refunds. And, and Airbnb was very interesting. It's one of the guests did complain. And we told the Airbnb is like, it's in there. And Airbnb can see when you altered your listing and they can see when you added it. And so the rep was like, oh yeah, when he booked, that was already in there. It was just like, yeah because (laughs) like you know what i'm saying so it's it's definitely worth it nonetheless super stressful right and and just kind of orchestrating this whole thing but they look beautiful already yeah (laughs) and it's one of those things that's part of real estate investing right you've owned these things for a while now yeah and you got to maintain them right and it's not always the sexy stuff like you did the roofs now you got to do the windows but then you're good for another 15 to 30 years or whatever so yeah i'm hoping to not have to test them Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm still down in Florida. I have never come down to this house and actually flew home on the day that I was supposed to fly home. I was just, re- I was just joking about <laughs> that the other day. I'm like, we've been down like probably five or six times and I've yeah. never flown down on time ever. Things always happen. Like things always seem to happen. Yep. So, but it's good. But yeah, I'm feeling yeah. good. I'm officially out of quarantine today. So I went and looked at a house and I'm hoping hoping my man Shane's going to get back to me so I can look at one more before I fly home tomorrow. And uh, hopefully... When we, when we went on air, guys, like when I saw Mike, I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, I think I'm just starting to buy a house today. I'm like, what do you mean today? It's like, yeah, today. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. let's get this show going. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, we ain't got a um, long time. Yeah, yeah. So things are good, man. And then we got Miami coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to fly home tomorrow. It. And then in a week, I'm going to hop back on a plane and fly down to Miami and hang out with you. and hundred other amazing people for a few days and have a kick-ass time. And I'm excited, man. I, um, I'm going to be doing a talk on, on boutique hotels at this one. I, oh, nice. I was talking to Bill about it and he was like, yeah, man, we keep getting a lot of questions. So yeah, I got my should. presentation dialed in on it and just doing kind of a compare and contrast of like, what are the differences? Like, what do you need to think about when you're going to go take down a 10, 20, 40 unit complex versus just a single family home? And so it'll be good. I, th- I know people get a lot of value out of it. I did a similar presentation in Breckenridge last month and uh, they loved it. So it'll be good, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so. really looking forward to it. And I think, and I think honestly, it's just understanding how to, how to look at assets. It's such an important skill and it gets kind of sharpened over time. I told you that I went to look at this, this, this halfway house that it's close to the beach. So I really liked it location wise. The unit mix wasn't my favorite. But then kind of starting to go through it. And I remember like when I first started looking at properties, like 10 years ago, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I didn't even know what to look at. Right. And now it's funny to like witness myself walking through a property, all of the little things that I noticed. Right. So I'm like, I walk into bathrooms and like this place had no fans. So everything was rusted. Right. It, it went for, through a full rhino two or three years ago before this halfway house kind of like rented it. Everything is rusted. There is no coverings between the shower and the wall. So all the wall has, has moisture on it, right? And all the paint is spilling, right? So there are all those little things 
that you start noticing and you're like, it's going to be a problem, right? And yeah. so it's very interesting. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for Miami. I'm excited for your talk. And I'm just excited to be around yeah. kind of like a sharp group of people. You know, I always get super fired up. And I guess the venue six. So Bill was down there this past week. Bill Faith, my partner on the STR Wealth Conference events. He hosted his mastermind event there this week. And people were texting me. Julie was texting me and some other people that were speaking. They were like, dude, this venue's awesome. So it's right on South Beach. Real cool venue. So excited to get down there. But today, what we thought would be a, a fun episode, and I did a little bit of this on Instagram last week, but if E and I were starting from ground zero today, how would we build our businesses now, right? I thought this would be a fun episode. So it's like, if you're brand new and you're just getting rolling, this is exactly how we would launch our businesses today if we were starting from square one. Maybe E, maybe we talk about it in two different buckets. Like for somebody that's looking to purchase their first property, Versus somebody that's looking to build up the management co-hosting business. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll do it that way. So why don't we start for folks that have money first, and then we'll flip it to the co-hosting and there'll be some similarities between the two. But if you were starting over right now, and let's say you had, I don't know, what's an even number that's reasonable, hundred grand, 200 grand. Yeah. hundred grand. I think, I think there's a difference also between like the people that are trying to hack it and the people that have the investment money, right? So obviously yeah. like what I mean by hacking it, right? The first thing that comes to mind, I would house hack it. Either yeah. do what our, I'm, I'm zoning on the name, Sam, our friend Sam did. So like either rent out multiple rooms, obviously as, as vacation rentals, that's not as efficient, right? Like the single room rental, even yeah. if you look at your like air DNA data, it's not a super great like little niche market, but there is a lot of those like efficiencies, like houses with efficiencies in the back. And if I was like 22 or like 23, like had like my first job, had the credit to buy something or even without credit, that's a whole different conversation. I would probably try to house hack it in buying like either like a duplex or like a multifamily properties. Technically, you can still get them under four units and under. You can still qualify with like an SHA loan. I would get something like that or I would buy something that has maybe like an in-law suite in the back. And then just kind of hop around between the, the, the houses, you know? I would absolutely do that. If I was going to start over right now, that is yeah. exactly what I would do. Yeah, especially if you're single or like you guys are a couple that like likes to hustle. Like I've, I've met a lot of people at the national conference that were like, yeah, like we're, we're renovating this unit while we live in it. So if you're like kind of like on that bandwagon of like, you don't mind living uncomfortably for a little while while you create the life that you want, I would definitely say that that would be my number one thing to do. You know, especially if I didn't have so much money. hundred percent, hundred percent. Then if you're, I don't know, kind of past that point, or maybe you don't want a house hack for whatever reason and say you had a hundred grand, I think that might be a little tight, but it depends on what kind of lending you can do. A hundred grand yeah. will go a long way if you can do a second home loan with 10% down. So I think the thing to keep in mind is one, you'd need to know how to analyze the markets and analyze the deals. If you don't know how to do that yet, send me a DM on Instagram or go to my bio on Instagram and I have a free starter pack. There's no cost, but there's a whole training in there on how to analyze markets on AirDNA and I give you a deal analyzer because knowing your numbers is everything, right? Like before we jumped on, E and I were talking about the deals that I'm looking at and I'm like, okay, but if I have to invest this, this, and this, it's going to do this to my cash on cash. And like, I've already got it all in my spreadsheets and all this stuff. Like you have to know your numbers before you buy. Yeah. There's so many people DM me after the fact of like, hey, I'm in this deal. It's not making the money that I thought it was going to make. And I'm like, bro, I, I want to help you. This is what I would do. But like, 
you should have reached out before you bought the deal. Yeah. And that's one of the oldest quotes in real estate, right? You don't buy, like you buy money, like you make money when you buy, when you buy an asset and that doesn't change. And especially now that we're getting into an uncertain territory when it comes to like economy and so on and so forth, going back to the fundamentals is the most important thing that I keep telling people all the time. And don't, don't convince yourself. I think that's, an, that's another thing that people do a lot is they convince themselves that a deal works. You can convince yourself. Like either the deal works or the deal doesn't work. Yeah. And the number of things are super easy. And it's also like there is a scarcity mindset behind trying to make every deal work and fall in love with the house. Like you want to tell me that you fell in love with the one house that you saw and just that house that works and there's going to be no other property in the history of properties that's going to work as well as this house. Come on, like get out of the way, right? I told you last week. Before I got sick, I went and looked at a house and I loved the house. Like this yeah. guy just bought it a few months ago, flipped it. The house is sick. But when I ran the numbers, they don't pencil out. So there, <laughs> as much as I want to buy the house selfishly, for me, it doesn't make sense financially. And I'm not a point yet. I'm still on my journey where like, dude, I'm still in the wealth building phase. Maybe when I'm yeah. 50 and I'm... You yeah, know, and just spark. money, I can yeah. afford to just splurge on something. Yeah. But you have to be disciplined, especially for the first five, 10 years to build that wealth. And then you can screw around and do whatever. Right. I did the Instagram video a couple of weeks ago about the Beamer, the M4 that I bought. Right. And it was like, I never bought sports cars because like it's not making me money. But then I bought a course that taught me how to b buy a car and then how to flip it later and get all my money back. So I'm like driving a car for free for a summer. Like, okay, cool. I can afford to park some money in a car for four or five months. It's not going to bother me. Yeah. So it's just understanding that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think getting comfortable and like writing, like if I was restarting over, I would also get so comfortable in, and that's what I feel super blessed in the journey that I had with the villas and with beginning as a maintenance guy. I would try to replicate that experience in some way, shape or form. And what I mean by that is this, right? Like being a maintenance guy before gave me such an outlook of on the property that is very different, right? It's almost like if you work in a kitchen, having the back of the house mindset of like analyzing and seeing things. So what I was saying earlier about the property that I went to walk is that I noticed all of those things super quickly because that's my maintenance guy background. Right. Like I have the nose for it when I walk into a unit, I'm like, does it smell wet? Does it smell moldy? So it's really getting into that experience through learning or like learning through experience type of thing. I would try to find a way to do that, either like finding a mentor or joining a local real estate group or joining a local real estate office or something that gets your hands in understanding, like also how to estimate cost. Right. Like what Mike was saying, like. How do you know how much a unit is going to cost you as you learn? So trying to understand that component to it as well. But don't start doing work yourself. Like you're not trying to buy a job. Exactly. And so kind of getting back to what we promised that we talk about, right? So if, yeah. I, if I had 100K and I was going to do a deal, I would be looking to try and put the least amount of money down. So if I had 100 grand, I'd be looking for a half a million dollar house that I could put 50,000 down. And then have another 40,000 bucks to furnish it the right way and design yeah. it and do whatever I need to do yeah. to maximize it. What I see a lot of people doing is they say, okay, 
I have a hundred grand. If I get a 10% down deal, I can go buy this seven, eight, $900,000 house. And then they try and furnish it on 10, 15 grand. Like you, you, you can't, I'd rather have you have a healthier budget for design and making it really pop because that's, what's going to make you the most amount of money. Mm. The reason that our properties do so well and make so much money has nothing to do with me. It's all my wife and her design. A hundred percent. Like, yes, yeah. we need the operations, but the reason that they get booked is because she has that eye. Yeah. So whether it's a spouse, whether it's a friend, whether you hire a designer, invest in that, it will be the best investment you make. Because yeah. especially for you folks that are long-term traditional buy and hold investors, the biggest mindset shift that you have to make going from long-term to short-term is that with long-term, it's all about managing expenses and keeping them as low as possible to create that spread for yourself because there's only so much you can really force the rents. Maybe you get an extra 50, 100, 150 a month, maybe per unit with short term. It's the opposite. Like the more that you put into it, the much, the bigger spread you're going to have. So you got to have that mental shift to spend more up front, make it really stand out. And instead yeah. of getting three grand a month, you might get four, five, six, seven, eight thousand a month because you made it stand out. So yeah. it's just a totally different mentality from the long-term versus the short-term. Yeah, it's a quality in, quality out, right? And that's the difference in the mindset switch. If I could like put a label to what you were just talking about is the fact that you got to put quality things in your vacation rentals to get the quality of money that you want out of it. And what's funny is that I'm going through this exact scenario with that with a client right now. So he bought the house and then we, we suggested like working with a designer. They wanted to design it themselves and now they were getting ready to launch when we they were like the unit is done the house is done we went to walk it there were certain corners that were cut that will hurt you long term right and that one of the things that i always talk about is like really going to a house and spend time in it when you think you're done and spending the extra money and when you look at also the people that perform very well they have that luxury feeling in all of the pictures and so don't skip out on that but also don't buy one of the things that I wasted a lot of money on when I first got started was trying to buy the cheapest things to go into the unit. So like the cheapest towels. So I would go to Target and they would like the rooms to go collection at Target or like the, the going back to school collection. I would buy all of the white towels, but they're just not made for that. Right. So there is there is that element in investing in quality things for the longevity of the listing that long term is going to really make a difference. hundred percent. hundred percent. So if I had 100K, like I said, I'd look for a property around a half a million, analyze the markets, go get the free starter pack and learn how to analyze air DNA and analyze the numbers on the deals. Go for that second home loan at 10% down to 50 grand down plus closing costs. Say it's around 60. Then you got a $40,000 budget to do any little tweaks, upgrades, furnish it, make it really stand out. And that's exactly what I would do. If you do not have money right now, if I had nothing, but I had a credit card, I would literally go pay a coach, whether it's me or somebody else that you resonate with and learn the business. And then I'd go out and start offering my services as a co-host. Like that, that's what I would do. And that's what I do for everything. Even when I got started, I didn't have money. Like I didn't. The little money that I had, I invested in coaches. And I was like, I need to learn this business from people that are, have done it at the level that I want to get to and show me the road. Like, Show me what my blind spots are. What am I not even thinking about right now? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, where are those blind spots? And then I would start going out and co-hosting. And people are like, well, where do I find these deals? Like, where do I find these people? You need to start telling everybody what you do. Change up your social media profiles. Like, 
it should clearly state, hey, I'm a short-term rental operator. I help real estate investors maximize their profits through short-term rentals. Something along those lines so that it is clear as day that when people come across your name, they associate you with short-term rentals. And you have to get comfortable putting yourself out there. And I see too many people, they're like, hey, how do I get these deals? And I'm like, who are you telling about this? And they're like, well, I'm not really talking about it. I'm like, well, that's the problem, man. This is from the advertising. <laughs> telling my mom and my my wife, you know what I mean? Like they don't, they doesn't, they can't help you, right? And it's also like just go out there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and and a lot of people are like, I go to real estate events. Yes, real estate events are great because you find like-minded people. But also you have to network in other events because if you just go to real estate events, you're going to be surrounded by other people that do the same thing, right? So like just continue to network and do what Mike did when he first like decided to transition is you, you got to stop saying what it is that you do. Like don't just don't say it. I'm a professional vacation rental manager. That's all I do. That's it. And like if you do the math, right? Say you want to get to a six-figure income, okay? You need somewhere between eight to 10 co-host deals, maybe less if you're doing bigger properties, but say you can average $1,000 a month as a co-host. Okay, cool. You need between eight and nine properties to make $100,000. It's not a lot. It's not a lot of properties to get to that point, but you got to put yourself out there and you got to know what the hell you're doing, okay? This business is getting more and more popular and there's a lot of people that are jumping into the game and they're like, yeah, I'm just going to manage properties for people. Dude, ethically... If you were like a stockbroker investing somebody's 401k, you would have to go to school. You'd have to get a degree in finance. You'd have to pass all these other tests and get certified as a stockbroker and do all these things. Mm -hmm. We don't have that in this industry yet. But ethically, if you don't know what you're doing, you should not be taking on somebody's property that they've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in and just saying, hey, I can make you money and you don't know what you do. That's not ethical. Like, it's just not. So like, get educated first. Like you're listening to the podcast. Great. That's a good baseline, but we can only go so deep in a 40 minute interview. You want to yeah. work with a coach or a program or something that will show you A to Z how to do this business. And then when deals come up, they're going to walk through the deals with you to make sure that they're good yeah. and to make sure that you know what you're doing and you're not making mistakes with somebody else's money. Yeah. Because also we can teach like no matter how much we talk about things you you don't have the dress like this is all a dress reversal right like you have to actually be in the moment where you have guests checking in and you have an issue going on and you have to understand like what are your system and procedures right like the, the only way to create system and procedures is to go through the experiences and learn from them right i think also mike we have to talk about the elephant in the room which is obviously like arbitrage right because like if you I've listened to this show for long enough. Like, you know, arbitrage is out there it's, and, and it is an option. Doing arbitrage could be a way for you to get some experience with a property. If you're not comfortable going out and reaching to people doing like, I want to be a co-host and you don't have the money to put as a down payment on a house, you can always arbitrage. But again, I, I've done arbitrage at the beginning and my intention was to always own them long-term, right? But if you want to get something under your belt, and you are coming out of college, for example, right? And you have that like ten to twenty thousand dollars in your in your bank account that you you're like, okay, maybe I can furnish a two bedroom apartment and put first and last and security on a house. I would rather you do that first so that you get to experience something than you going out and starting co-hosting deals without having have ever owned or run the property yourself. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 
hundred percent. And if if arbitrage is gonna be your game, follow my our good buddy TJ Chajani. Like that's his jam. And he owns a lot of property and he's doing hotel deals and all that stuff. But he started with arbitrage or a blend of arbitrage and ownership. And he's a, a whiz with that stuff. So if that's your jam, go talk to TJ. Like he's got a great program. I just spoke at his event. He's spoken at our events. He's a good friend of ours. He's your guy if you want to do arbitrage. If you're not familiar with arbitrage, you're basically going to go rent an apartment from somebody else. You pay to furnish it. And then you're essentially re-renting that as a short-term rental by the night. And then whatever difference is between what you made on Airbnb and the platforms versus what you pay the, the landlord and your utilities, that's your profit, right? So arbitrage deal, you're going to need somewhere between, I don't know, I was going to say 12, 15 to 20. Right? I was going to say 15 to 20. I was going to yeah. say 12, but I think that's too thin. I'd say yeah. between 15 to 20K to do an arbitrage deal. Realistic. It's a lot easier to wrap your head around. And I think also there is that, that again, we talked about this on the show. Tristan talked about this on the show as well. There is that the level of temperature that you're comfortable with that it's going to rise over time, right? And so again, like just be comfortable with the money that you have. And there is no, like, there is no shame. Like there were times that I didn't have $20,000 to put together. You know what I mean? To like do it, but there is ways for you to do it. Again, if we're going like thinking creative, your family, the first avenue of like money that I was able to raise to do things came from my, came from my family. So just being able of from friends, right? Having that conversation. Maybe you know somebody that has a vacation home. Maybe your family has a vacation home, right? We have had multiple people that came on the show that they got started by helping their parents make money from a vacation property. Again, guys, if you start talking about what you want to do and you start aligning your actions with what you're saying and you start looking around, there is opportunities and there may be a vacation home in your life already that may not be yours specifically, but that you can have access to. They would be the perfect guinea pig for you to kind of get going, get started and just learn, you know what I mean? Learn from experience. And if you're sitting there and you're like, that's great, but I don't know anybody with property. My family's never had money. Like that's not an option. Okay, cool. Start going to local real estate meetups and figuring out who are the players are in that space and start working for them for free and finding ways to add value to them for free. Like start doing that and just building up your network of real estate investors that are the real movers and shakers that are out there doing deals. They've gone through the ropes they have the capital to do deals. They're building their business and you just help them out for free because at the beginning, you don't know what you don't know and go help them, like find ways to add value to them. And then you can present this information to them over time. Mm -hmm. Right. But it all starts with getting clear around like, first off, what is my goal? Like, what do I need to get to? Why am I starting this business? Am I trying to get to a five grand a month, 10, 20, whatever my number is, to get out of a job or just have some extra income for vacations or whatever it is, what is my goal? And then reverse engineering, all right, how many properties is that going to be? What markets am I going to be in? What types of clients do I want to serve? Because it's very different property by property and market by market, like this house versus some of my stuff in the Northeast that's catered more towards business travelers, completely different demographic. And it's going to totally dictate the type of properties that you're going for the way that you design them, the rates that you're charging, the way that you price them and adjust your pricing based on how far in advance they're booking. It completely depends, but you want to get that whole game plan together. But I would start with, again, if you have the money, cool, do the 
either the arbitrage, if you got a little bit of money or if you've got more, cool, cool. go purchase a deal, see if there's any way to add value to that deal and hopefully refinance it, you know, essentially burying your short-term rentals and rinsing and repeating that over time. And if not, just start building the service side of it as a co-host and scale it that way, right? And that's what E and I have done essentially over time. And now we get to own a bunch of real estate, but at the beginning, we didn't have the cash to do that. So we were, you know, E was doing a mix of management and arbitrage at the beginning, building his cash flow. And then eventually now he owns the whole complex and he still, you know, owns some other stuff and he's managing a bunch of stuff. So. And also knowing your skill set, right? I think like, as you were talking, one of the things that came to mind is, is understanding that like your past experiences, especially if you're a handy person or like somebody that has been, that can do something with their hands, that is a great asset and that's a great value that you can bring one to one investor like me or Mike. But even if you go into the, into the marketplace, right? Like become that, become the handyman company for vacation rental owners for your market, right? Become the cleaning crew for vacation rental owners in your market, right? That way you start going into the conversation and you start seeing kind of similar to what I was saying earlier with my background as like, as a maintenance guy, you start seeing how the business operates and then there is no better way for you to find deals. Because again, like if you're working with us and in, in, in our, in our environment, we, we share things that don't work with us that may work for somebody else, right? Like I give properties to people all the time. They're like, this is not our fit. Do you guys want it? You know, and I would do that for people that work on like with us all the time. Kind of similar to Julius George kind of business yeah. model, right? Exactly. Exactly. The other thing to just think about, and again, it's going to depend on your goals, but how, how wide do you want to go? Right. I went really wide, really fast. And if I was starting over, I would not have done that. I would have focused on dominating one to two markets like he did. Like he just dominated South Florida around like Boca and then now he's expanded a little bit, but he's still basically in South Florida, right? Mm -hmm. So like he he's owned that market. And I think it's a lot easier to scale and build your brand that way than trying to go super wide, super fast. Yeah. And even me learning from, from what you were saying, Mike, is like even in my market, I was doing too many things, right? I wasn't, I wasn't abundant enough to believe that I could do just vacation rentals. So I was doing vacation rental management. I was doing long-term rent rental rental management, I was doing association management, right? And like, even me, like a huge proponent of like mindset and thinking positive and like imagine you envisioning your life. I've done a lot of things in my life that now looking back, I can see that I wasn't thinking as abundantly as I should. And I wasn't like having just really like kind of trust and faith in the process, right? Just choose your niche. Also, because then people around you start understanding that that's who you are and that's what your business is. And then they start referring business to you because they're like, I don't know that guy, but every time I see him, he's the vacation rental guy. So if you're looking for one, I will go talk to him or her. And then there was a, there was a stint for like two years where you went on a tear syndicating like apartment deals in the Midwest. Yeah. You know? And yeah. yeah. For better or worse, I mean, if you want to give the Cliff Notes version of all that. On that. On this indication? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think you necessarily regret it, but I also think it probably stinted your growth on the vacation rental side. Yeah. It's unfortunately, we all have a limited amount of energy that we give to people and, or to things. Right. And so even they are like putting so much energy into that permit syndication and not knowing what I didn't know in that aspect as well. At the beginning, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I should transition my time away from vacation rentals into this because this is so much easier. Really what it was, is just, it wasn't as far along. So I didn't see as many hiccups as I 
newer in vacation rentals just because I've been doing it for longer, right? And it just wasn't in long-term alignment with, with, with me, right? So even now I'm finding myself having to like fix up and clean up the situation. Luckily, it ended up going well because we had good business fundamentals in like how we were looking at property, how we were underwriting property, how we were analyzing properties that we bought right. So even the adjustments that did have to happen did not hurt us as bad. But how far would I be if I just had stayed in vacation rentals exclusively over all these years? Yeah. And I'm not any wealthier also, right? Like it isn't like the, the opportunities in the teachings, when I compare them to the opportunity cost of what actually happened and what I could have done, maybe I would have been way better off without having gone through the whole process, right? But again, there was a huge ego element as well. And I think the, the only reason I bring that up is because a lot of people, they reach out to me or I'll do interviews for the mastermind group and they'll tell me about all these side hustles that they have going on. So they've got the full-time job and then they're like, yeah, and I'm building this Amazon e-com store and I'm side hustling doing this and I want to start this short-term rental business. And like, that's a wrong approach. Like there's massive power and focus. My life changed when I cut out all the other little side hustles and I went all in on one thing with laser focus and that's when things took off. So if you've got a bunch of other stuff going on, you need to make a decision. Unless you've fully delegated that to somebody else, do you want to pursue the Amazon thing or this other side hustle or are you going to go all in on the short-term rentals? Because there's once you start deviating your focus, especially if you have a job and a family and everything else, like like E said, there's it's not even the the time. It's just the mental focus. If you deviate that too much, you're not going to move the needle. Because if you're like, oh, I got to figure out which products I'm going to sell on my Amazon store, and then I'm going to switch gears and figure out what markets I'm going to go in, and then I'm going to switch gears and figure out which properties I'm going to go for, whatever. Yeah. There's not enough focus and clarity for yourself. Yeah. So just if you're going to do this, go all in for you know a year to two years, get this thing dialed in, and then delegate it. And then if you want to do something else, fine. Mm -hmm. But- focus. And I got that advice from our buddy, Matty A years ago. And he was like, dude, you're a smart guy, but like you got to focus and pick one thing and go all in. Yeah. You're, doing, you're trying to do too much at once. Yeah. And also because like the, the other side effect of that is that you're going to feel exhausted because you are doing a lot of things, but then there is no, there is no reward because you're not doing anything long enough. So it's almost like you're racing in a like multiple, like kind of uh, discipline race, but you take three step on your like 5k and then you take off your shoes and then you go shoot one arrow and then you just go do something else and you just never allowing yourself to progress, but you always are under so much pressure because you have so many things to do because you have so many businesses that you're going doing things for, but you never get out of that, like that being busy for being effective. Like, so you're just busy, busy, busy and you're busy B, but like the business, it's not growing. You're just busy and you're tired. And then you're like, this, nothing ever works. I don't understand why nothing ever works. It's because one, you're not giving it that right amount of time. And two is because you have leaks everywhere because you're wasting the rest of your energy doing hundreds of other things that you shouldn't be doing. Exactly. It's so, a reminder for myself too. So, exactly. <laughs> and so, so again, to kind of put a bow on all this, again, if we were starting over right now, yeah, that that's what we would do. Again, if we had say the hundred grand, I'd go out, look for, figure out what markets I want to be in. What is my goal? Say it's 10 grand a month. And okay, I've got 
100 grand to invest. I need to make at least $25,000 a year on that 100K. That's two grand a month. So that means I need five deals. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to get to five deals, all right, I want to find a deal that I'm confident within a year and a half will appreciate through some renovation or whatever I'm going to be able to do to this property so that I can go back to the lender, pull that 50 grand out or 100 grand out, and then go do another deal and then another deal. And so it might take a little bit longer to go that route. If I was starting over and I had the hundred, I would buy the first deal. And then I would start co-hosting in that market for other people to accelerate my cash flow, which is exactly what I did. I bought my first deal. And then for the next, I don't know, up till 30 something deals, I didn't buy anything else. I just accelerated cash flow through that service of co-hosting. And then it, I got to the point where I could start buying stuff again. Mm-hmm. So I personally, I would do a blend. If I was in a rush to get out of a job or do whatever and create freedom and I had some cash, that's what I would do. I would look to purchase a property in a market that I wanted to set up shop in. I'd have proof of concept through my own money. Then I'd be offering that service. If I didn't have money, I'd be investing in more education. Either way, I'd be investing in education. But if I had very little, the first investment I would make is the education. And then I would be looking to offer my services and scale it up that way. But the thought process is the same. What is my goal? What market am I going to be in? How am I going to dominate that market? And then if I had the money, I would invest it in that market with some education. And then I'd be scaling it up with co-hosting. If I didn't have the money, I'd be investing in education on a credit card. And then I'd be looking to pay that investment off within 12 months and start to accelerate my my earnings that way. Yeah. And what Maddie talks about, and that's something you brought him up because I do, I coach with Maddie. So, and going back to investing in, in, in people to make you better. Yeah, it's one of the things that he talks about all the time is the crockpot mentality versus the microwave mentality. And guys, there is no other way of saying it. Like if I was going back from the beginning, everything Mike said, it's 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 good because it's the practical and the real thing of it. But one of the biggest things for me was like just changing and just falling in love with the process and falling in love with it, with it, with the just some flavors take time to build. <laughs> like there's no other way of saying it, right? It needs life needs time. And like, it doesn't matter how much intention you have behind it. There's a natural thing that happens with time that you can't overwrite. Like you can't expedite. There is nothing you can do. So you got to just fall in love with it because if you keep going from thing to thing, just to escape the natural movement of time in a way, you're just going to find yourself waiting for the rest of your life because nothing, you don't allow time to happen for the things that you want to actually come through. That's it. That's it, man. You got to plant those seeds and you got to water them every single day. Then eventually they grow like that. This it's a, it's the analogy of life. So yeah. hopefully you guys got some value out of this episode. Let us know down in the, uh, in the comments, if you're watching this on YouTube or on, uh, any of the podcasting platforms, what is your goal and what strategy are you going to implement? And again, check out my bio on Instagram. It's at the Airbnb guy. There's no underscore after it. There's some scammer out there that duplicated my account that's trying to follow you on some crypto shit. That's not me. So report that person. So yeah, Mike and I would never approach you with any crypto things. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's no chance I'm asking anybody for money on Instagram. Yeah. But hey, uh, that's also a good sign that that you have people that are jealous enough or or low life enough to do that and what's funny is all of our friends like you're, you're all going through it so i don't know what's happening but it's been has been 
Noble, it's been Kyle, it's been TJ, it's been you now. And it's just like going back to energy, right? Like I wish those people would put their energy in actually doing something that it's good versus just trying to hustle people and scam people, you know? If they put as much time into actually building a legitimate business as they did as trying to fraud people under a false account with my face on it. That's what I mean, right? Pretty successful. Yeah, it can be, it can be, it can be easy, right? Like you can't, like it's, it's genuinely time. And like also criminals, right? They're always thinking about the next hustle. I'm like, just put all that into a normal thing, like just a normal, sustainable business that you don't have to create a new hustle every 12 months because the shit you've been doing, it's illegal (laughs) just to, you know, do something good. And then you can just keep doing it for the rest of your life. That's it. That's it. So anyway, check out the free starter pack on my Instagram bio. Um, if you scroll down, there's a bunch of links in there, but there's one that says like the free starter pack and that'll have all the, the market analysis and the free deal analyzer and all that good stuff. So I just want to make sure that you guys don't get into bad deals. Obviously, if you want to work with me, cool, you can apply to the mastermind, but at a minimum, go get the free stuff because I just don't want to see you guys getting bad deals. So that's it for this episode. For those of you that are coming to Miami, I can't wait to hang out with you and E and all of our buddies down there. It's going to be a blast. And uh, that's it, guys. Hope you're having an awesome week and we will see you guys next week. Ciao, guys. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.